This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. Uh, you clearly have never tried a strap on. It's one of the joys of being a lesbian, you know, things need a little bit more thought. There's so many conversations that I don't have to have with him because I took him with me to comedy clubs. I feel human sexuality, check, check, check. Stoners and boners, by the way. Uh, PSA, your kids aren't funny. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's I Love Funny Women podcast. We have a really fun show for you today. I'll be talking to the co-host of We Heart Mom Jokes and producer of Extra AF Comedy, Bay Area comedian Lalita D. Oh my God, you guys, Lady Gaga's dog walker got shot and her dogs got kidnapped. What the fuck? <laughs> I would literally die if my dog got kidnapped. It's the worst. Also, I am gagging because like the chicks and Lady A, Mr. Potato Head is getting a name change. They came out as non-binary, gender fluid, and now they're called Potato Head. And they're full of gender flipping accessories. Like, I'm totally obsessed. Hey guys, we would love it if you could follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I Love Funny Women. And you can follow me at Dina Nina Martinez on Instagram and Facebook. And on Twitter, I'm Dina N Martinez. Oh, you guys, I'm so excited. Our tour date starts on March 17th. You guys were celebrating St. Patty's Day with a bunch of funny women. It is so I'm so excited. You can go over to ilovefunnywomen.com to see the trailer and you can buy tickets there and it's just going to be, oh my God, so amazing. I'm so stoked. Let's get into the headlines. Last week, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy appeared before the House Oversight Committee to address the Postal Service's ineptitude at handling the increased usage of the USPS, including the pandemic and mail-in ballot fiasco of 2020. During the meeting, he had this to say. It, how much longer are you planning to stay? A uh, long time. Get used to me. Which is the adult version of nanny nanny boo boo. Last week, the House of Representatives introduced and passed the Equality Act that would provide anti-discrimination protections for LGBTQ plus persons and explicitly enshrine those protections into law. I mean, like, come on, it's 2021. Get that shit done already, right? Well, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in a press conference called the Equality Act a completely disgusting, immoral bill. The freshman representative retaliated against Congresswoman Marie Newman of Illinois, who hung a transgender flag outside of her office by posting a sign that says, there are only two genders, male and female. Trust the science. That, that's rich coming from an anti-masker and COVID denier, right? Well, we wanted to get it from the horse's mouth. And she does have a horse's mouth. She's also the creator of the Oh God line of Christian vibrators. Please welcome Marjorie Taylor Greene. And from beyond the grave, we have Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who will be channeled by Tina Wilmington. Ladies, thank you for joining us. Tina, would you like a moment to prepare? Oh, just three seconds. <laughs> what the fuck? I can't get a goddamn moment of peace with you people. 
Thank you for taking the journey, Justice Ginsburg. Now, Marjorie, you're clearly opposed to the Equality Act. I am. I am. It's evil and immoral and a travesty that passed in the House. You know what? I'm outraged that you, a man dressed as a woman, could use the restroom with my daughter. (laughs) Well... We're like a thousand miles apart, so I really don't see that happening. What? You're going to drive to Georgia to molest my daughter? Who the fuck is this woman? I just ran into Cicely Tyson and she mentioned this insane MAGA freak. I am not insane. I am a God-fearing, gun-toting patriot. So you call this bill immoral? Yes, it is disgusting and immoral. Like unabashedly flaunting affairs with personal trainers all over your neighborhood immoral? You don't know my life. Oh, get off it, you batshit. You're about as pure as a duck in an oil spill. Well, in your tit-for-tat with Congresswoman Newman, you posted- Yes, I posted that. There are only two genders, and it's just science. So you trust science now? Yes. And the Bible. She's just salty because she ran out of bath salts to sniff. Well, science says that biologically there are not just two genders. There are male, female, and intersex, and quite a few gender variants that are exhibited in humans as well as the animal kingdom, like the clownfish, who can switch genders and actually give birth after starting life male body, something we all dream of doing. And there's also the gender-fluid cardinal that you see in Pennsylvania. There are only two, and you're an abomination, God says. (laughs) I identify with that. All y'all liberal hornets are wanting to overturn real things like freedom of speech and religion and molest girls in bathrooms. Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Go ride your horse so you can at least have an orgasm. Well, thank you, ladies, for your time. Thank Thank you. you. Okay, I'm going to go check in on my satanic pedophile ring while you all check in with our resident sexologist, Renee Hyden. Take it away, Renee. This week brings the stellium of Neptune, the Sun, and Venus. So feel free to expand your sex pod for some stellar soulgasms. I'm your resident sextrologist, Renee Hayden, and this is Sex with the Stars. Welcome to the Poly Planet Sex Party. Three planets are coming together and the Piscean mantra is desire is purpose and you're going to feel very very purposeful sacred sex or self-pleasure while opening to the primal origins of life will bring you to gushing joy we need a mop on aisle three Tapping into the Piscean energy of this sexy stellium will help you release some karma and some tensions. This is a decadent sexual landscape, so sex, masturbation, or some good old dry humping can help you heal our planet. So double up on that shit. (laughs) No, really. We really need it. Plunge into your Aphrodite, Venus nature, because no matter what your gender identity, there's a goddess in you, and some of you, more than one in you. Yeah, girl. Your love and sexual allures are on fleek right now. So even if you're Zoom sexing, your siren call will draw all the lovers, male, female, and those gay men will flock. Six feet away and screaming, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Get glorious because you've got some great A shit. Your Venus temple is ready to be worshipped. I'm Renee Hyden, and take care of that Venus for some steamy sex with the stars. Back to you, Dina. Ooh, it sounds like a sexy week. Thank you so much, Renee. You can follow Renee on Instagram at sextrologist. Well, you guys, I am so excited to have our interview 
with one of my mentees, someone who I respect immensely, and I'm so grateful she's in my life. She is the co-creator and co-producer of We Heart Mom Jokes. She produces Extra AF for Lady Laughs Comedy, and she is incredible. All the way from the Bay Area, here's my interview with Lalita D. So I'm really excited about this week's guest. We have an amazing comic out on the West Coast. She is kicking ass, and she is my heart, my heart, my heart. And she has a podcast called We Heart Mom Jokes. Please welcome Lalita D. Yay! Hi! I am so excited to be talking to you. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking to you. It's such an honor. It's like, I... Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being so generous. Oh, goodness. I'm just lucky to have you in my life. <laughs> likewise. Likewise. So Lolita D is also the producer of Extra AF, one of the producers. I help out with that sometimes, but she's <laughs> been running um, running the show and she's kicking ass and I'm just, yeah. So you are really killing it out there. I'm like... <laughs> How does it feel doing virtual comedy? Oh, you know, it feels great. Um, uh, you know, I think of virtual comedy like a strap-on. In that <laughs> people compare it to what they think the real thing. And then the real thing is, you know, what's actually attached to a man. Whereas I think that is so far inferior that there's no comparison. I guess virtual comedy and stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is not like, an, oh my God, where are we going with this? Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't quite work. But my point is that I think virtual comedy has really become its own genre and its own thing. And to still compare it to real-life stand-up, it, it's, we need to move on from that. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, of course, there's a lot of audience validation that we all crave so much that doesn't exist, but it does. You just have to look for it in different ways. It's an, it's a new skill set. And hey, welcome to the new world. But if we're only looking at it in terms of shortcomings, then yeah, sure. It's not the same as live comedy, but think of all the positives about it. It's actually accessible. There are people that cannot make it out to the club on a regular basis for whatever reason. They can do comedy. Um, it is like you, we are all time and space traveling. And again, I sometimes feel like, well, are they really friends if we haven't met? Ask any 15-year-old. Like, we need to move on. And so to the haters about virtual comedy, uh, you clearly have never tried a strap on. That's all I <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's been pretty great. Like you're talking about doing comedy all over the world. And yes, same thing. Like when I moved from Los Angeles, I didn't get to work with all those people that I'd worked with. And now I'm on shows with people that I've known for like 14 plus years and working with them on shows left and right. And it's so fun. It's so fun. I'm in LA all the time, actually. I'm in the, I'm <laughs> in the Bay Area, but a lot of my work is now is in LA. And uh, but New York City and then just uh, Miami, there's a great show there, you know, and even just you and me talking now. I mean, I would love to be in Wisconsin right now, you know, covered by 12 feet of snow. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I would love to have spent the past three days at Chicago O'Hare waiting for my connecting flight that never happened. 
<laughs> what's not to love? What's not what to is love? not to love? And also the thing about like you do TV, you're not going to always be in an audience in a room with the audience. They're going to add that in later. So right. you just got to get used to it. So I love that you take it as something that's different it's not the same, but it's also the same. And and it's just fun. So you moved. I met you because you took Lady Laughs Comedy class. Yep. And I watching you blossom has been amazing. Oh, you're my mom. I mean, I, you're my comedy mom. It's like you have that same kind of, you know, love. And sometimes you have to, you know, you have to chastise me. You know, that wasn't good or you're going too fast or whatever. And then, but there's always that love. That's like, I feel that's so hard from you. Oh, <laughs> I'm such a mom without a uterus. It's, um, it's just. <laughs> oh, well, there are plenty of uterus havers who are either not moms at all or think they're moms and aren't moms at all. So let's clear that one up. Again, the one doesn't at all. <laughs> the other. Fair. When you left, so you were doing comedy here pretty regularly in a small pond. Mm -hmm. Then you moved to the West Coast and then everything shut down. Right. (laughs) You're trying to make me cry. What's happening here? (laughs) (laughs) But you continued and I'm so impressed with your persistence. And you were a very early adopter of the of the virtual shows. Yeah. Um, So bravo. Thank you. You're welcome. What is your favorite experience being a comic right now, up to now? Oh, in terms of shows, like what are what are particularly shows? I mean, I love when I produce. Um, so um, my friend Bernice Yi and I, Bernice Yay, um, and she's very Yay. Uh, she's been on on the extra AF comedy. Yeah. Bernice Yay and I, we did the immigrants comedy um, as a fundraiser. When did we do this? I guess. November, early December, and it was um, six comics talking of their experience of coming to the United States and then going through the immigration process. Um, and I was just so proud of that because I it was my brainchild. And yeah. uh, then I produced it from the beginning. We raised wow. money for RISES, which is a fantastic organization working on the border, southern border. And so everything about that was was great. Yeah. And And so... I feel when you see these things through from beginning to end um, and they're successful and they're providing some legal services for people who really need it. Like all of that was just so incredible. And I mean, comedy doesn't have to have a message and it doesn't have to always do that additional piece of good. I think it does a lot of good just by its very existence, but it's it's kind of worthwhile if you can add an additional piece in terms of a fundraiser or awareness creation or giving a voice to people or whose whose voices need to be amplified, whatever it is. I like to think of it as a platform beyond just somewhere where I can be, you know, an asshole and I don't have to worry about whether people care about that or not. Right. <laughs> My brand of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're very cognizant of of producing shows that are inclusive and intersectional and diverse as possible and I just love that I just come it's 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 shocking how people still produce shows with only white cis people on it like what's the matter with you you know we no longer even have the argument of well you know flights are expensive (laughs) it's like just 
Right. That that to me at this point feels intentional. Like, I mean, here in Madison, when we were doing live shows together, like it was that was one of those things. It's hard to find diverse talent in Madison, yeah. Wisconsin, because everybody's white. Yes. But virtual, you don't have that, and the extra AF lineups have been so fun and so diverse. And it's and just so an exciting because of that. I mean, when you book diverse comics and 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 with diverse, I guess that becomes code for not white, which is not cis, not straight, but people from with all different backgrounds. You get better comedy because people speak to their own experiences. I don't need to hear the same. You know, went on a Tinder date. You know, they got my name wrong at Starbucks. Joke. I think we're you know we're good. We're good people. We're good. <laughs> I'm all, they got my name wrong at Starbucks. And oh my started, God. I was like, they started calling out tranny. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, that was not my name. It's Trane. <laughs> to the girl with a cute accent. <laughs> That's woman for you. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> woman. Um, you're a mom too. We're both moms. You um, are. You're a much better mom than I am. I mean, I'm a mom by virtue of having pushed a baby out of my uterus, but God. <laughs> but that was planned. That wasn't like a surprise. Oh, great. I'm knocked up. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, that involved a lot of planning. I, I'm a planner anyway, but I don't think I've planned anything like that particular pregnancy. It's one of the joys of being a lesbian. You know, things need a little bit more thought. You're like, I got pregnant on purpose. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are you finding being a comic and being a mom? How does, what does that intersection look like? Mm, it's such a great question. Well, endless material, of course. Uh, but one has to be very careful because uh, PSA, <laughs> your kids aren't funny. Like nobody's <laughs> kids. <laughs> nobody's kids are funny. Like that cute thing they said, God. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's more, I talk, I do talk a lot about my experience of being a mom and things that I say to him or things that I find challenging um, rather than, you know, how funny and cute he is. Um, he's also now a teenager. He's no longer, he's no funny. longer cute at all. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of the reality of being a comedian and having to get out to the clubs and everything, um, being a single mom is hard. Um, and so again, the virtual environment is so inclusive. And I hear that from a lot of moms, uh, women. I mean, it's it's kind of nice. And, and I know that you um, can speak to this as well. It's nice to be able to do a show knowing you're probably not going to get sexually harassed somewhere along the way. You know, it's you know, as minor benefits go, it's not a bad one. Accessibility. I mean, a lot of people who do quote unquote stand up comedy can't actually physically stand up. Uh, not easy to make your way around. And so, um, so yeah, back to you know, virtual comedy being accessible, but definitely being a parent also uh, yeah. sits in that category of it's just easier because I don't have to worry about him being home alone or we're beyond childcare, but you know, just, yeah, I do have to lock my door because I really would hate to think of him walking in on me while I'm doing a set about his porn consumption. That's <laughs> I'm not sure I can talk my way out of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so do you ever fear that he's going to see some of your comedy online? I do. I mean, I think he's so 
utterly uninterested in me that <laughs> I, I think if he were to find it, his only concern would be that his friends might see it too. Yeah, that's not a conversation I, I would like to have. So I'm just living. <laughs> that was one of the things I was wondering. Has Have any of his friends seen your comedy and been like, oh my God, your mom's so dirty. <laughs> She talked about your penis. Oh my god! Oh my god! It would be so bad. Uh, no, and let's just really hope. <laughs> I will say, I will say, when we had our first showcase and then open mics and stuff, and he came along with you, I was like, oh my gosh! This uh, first of all, there's a child, and I am not clean ever. Like I am not clean. I um yeah I mean I used to um because in when we were in Madison I mean we were still too little to leave him home alone and I would just take him with me and put him on the headphones uh you know he'd be watching a movie or listening to music or whatever but I realized you know that the headphones weren't noise cancelling and you know <laughs> club is loud so he heard his fair share of of dirty jokes you know what the amount of violence kids see in their computer games on TV uh, and we're going to freak out about a dick joke or, or, you know, it's like there's so many conversations that I don't have to have with him because I took him with me to comedy clubs. I feel human sexuality, check, check, check. Parenting 101, take your kids to comedy clubs so you don't have to have the talk. He, he you know, you, he had to take his human biology class in middle school, but he aced out of it. Like, he's like, I know all this stuff. You know, my mom's a comedian. <laughs> amazing <laughs> oh god um <laughs> like i just feel like i could sit here and laugh with you for an hour and a half and just be totally happy yes i am obsessed with you because like i made you <laughs> <laughs> my god what's that what's that reminiscent of rocky horror is it rocky horror yeah you yes yes you're my Frank inverter. Is it, what is it, Frank? No, whatever. It's the blonde boy, isn't it? Yeah. The one that Susan Sarandon gets off with in the end. That's me. <laughs> I didn't make you. I did not make you. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm just so obsessed with how amazing and how much thriving you're doing. What keeps you going when it's hard? Mm. I, I think my tribe. I think um, I'm. It's just so incredibly lucky to have you as a as a mentor. There are other supporters, people that I have taken classes with. Uh, there's just a, a great range of mics I go to regularly where there's a community. Um, and it just, the people keep me going. It, it's um, so... I mean, a lot of comedians talk about the validation of the audience. For me, perhaps it's more the validation of the other comics. Mm. Um, getting people booking me on their shows or just you know, messaging me saying, you know, I love that particular joke you wrote or whatever. I think that is, I'd rather be good than popular, if that yeah. makes sense. Of course, ideally, you know, those two can intersect. Um, but to be a good comedian and to write good, funny bits is 
is what motivates me. And so to get recognition from people that understand how hard that is as well, I think there's this idea that you're just funny, right? As a comedian, you're just funny, you go up, you're just funny, and then that's it. Yeah. It's so much graft and people really don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have that recognized. Um, so yes, uh, people keep me going. That's the answer to that. Um, I love that. And I am fully on board with that answer because I've been so fortunate to have created this community of amazing and hilarious women, which you are a part of. And and that alone is one of my favorite things. Like when it's hard for me get to get out of bed because there are those days that are like, I'm like, um, as long as I have my vegan cheese doodles and my clicker and my dog I'm good but like knowing that you exist in this world and you're part of my gang you're part of my girl gang knowing that other comics are part of my girl gang really helped me just move forward and producing these virtual shows and co-producing these virtual shows has widened that like since the festival virtual festival Mm -hmm. in September to now the amount of amazingly hilarious women that have come into my life since that even has been amazing. Yeah. So for you, it's also about community. Yeah. 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 And I think we cannot, you know, I'm, I'm a recent addition to the world of comedy. And so, you know, like young women don't understand how much work older feminists have done to make their, lives as women or as female identified people possible I think in the same way I don't realize how fortunate I am I don't realize enough how fortunate I am that I can surround myself with female identified people and that the struggle that that women like yourself and many many women who've been in comedy much longer have faced you know being the one token woman on a show the the harassment this trope of women not being funny which just that bothers me so much because it's so patently not true. I do think that men can appear funnier, um, especially uh, men with a lot of privilege in terms of their identity, because they have such a strong voice. I mean, this world exists for them. And so they can go out there and they don't have this horrible self-doubt that we as women or people with other marginalizations have because we're told you're not funny, but also you're not interesting. You don't exist. You don't matter. And so you have all those additional kind of mountains to climb before you have the confidence to get up there with a mic and be funny because being funny requires an enormous amount of confidence. So I get where some of those tropes come from a little bit, uh, but they are of course completely untrue. And I love that I'm able to, to exist in a comedy world. That's, um, full of different people, full of different genders. It's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible privilege. And you've been really um, conscious about choosing shows that are, that meet your values, being on shows that meet your values. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I Especially like when you moved to the West coast and you're going to mostly male shows before we close down so I mean most of my work in Madison was with you and and with some other producers who also uh, were very aware of having as diverse as is possible in a smallish Wisconsin city yeah (laughs) 
Um, but at least I felt there was a lot of intentionality nevertheless, and that just really matters to me. And then, you know, diversity, of course, is intra in, is different in the Bay Area in that, that there's lots of people that identify as people of color, and there's lots of um, different marginalizations. However, I have to tell you, Dina, when I was first here and doing open mics and kind of trying to get my name out there, um, uh, there's still a lot of straight men on the scene. And I wrote that article about it. Remember my, my blog, uh, yes. Stoner, Stoners and Boners by the Bay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit shocked. You just think, well, here you are, you're in the hub of everything. Like everybody's going to be queer in some way. <laughs> and the comedy is going to follow that. Yeah. And that didn't naturally happen. I realized I still had to seek it out. It was mm -hmm. now I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, like, it's not like we're not in the patriarchy just because we're near San Francisco. Like, <laughs> totally. it's, also, it's also not as if San Francisco isn't at the heart of the patriarchy as well for all its reputation. But uh, anyway, I, I realized. And, and so then I did decide to become much more intentional about whom I wanted to work with. And then again, the lockdown has has made that easier. You can be much more picky because whether it's, you know, within half an hour drive from your house, which in the Bay Area with traffic means next door. Right. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, no longer relevant. Yeah. So it's, again, this, this intentionality is facilitated greatly by the virtual environment. And I think when, when, I don't think I don't think the world is like, you know, now we're here and we're all going to go back to how it was before. Virtual comedy is going to stay forever and I'll be one of Agreed. the people that will make it so. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of new platforms are going to open up. Like, bless those people in Zoom. Like, they're 10 miles down the road from me. They must be like, what happened? <laughs> you know, we were just a little startup or whatever. And now there is. I mean, it's yeah. bizarre. Like now it's a household name. Like, <laughs> like I remember I, I had been on Zoom for about a year before everything. And I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's a video conferencing thing. Okay, cool. And we I used it for coaching things like and distant meetings. And then all of a sudden everybody's on Zoom all the time. And it's like, oh my God. And everybody knows what Zoom is. I don't have to say, you know what Zoom is, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'm really excited for more platforms to, yes, up, to give us more. Hurry up. Hurry up, yeah. platforms. We need we need more options, yes. definitely. We definitely do, but that will happen and it's going to get monetized in different ways. And um, so, but I think some of the intentionality will have to become mitigated by live venues opening up again. And, and so we'll see, we'll see what yeah. happens to that. But mm -hmm. hopefully everybody, whether they like it or not, is doing virtual comedy. Yeah. So hopefully the awareness that I'd like, oh, a show with lots of people from different backgrounds is actually a better show. So hopefully that will creep into the real life bookings as well, that awareness yeah. of, of intentionality. Yeah. I think women are funnier. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Period. So uh, my last question, I'm going to leave you on, I'm going to leave you with like the worst question, but the oh, best God. question ever. Uh, comedy horror story. Oh God. Um, I think people, if there's people watching or listening that aren't comedians, and I imagine there are some who don't know what it feels like to bomb. I mean, you go up, you tell jokes, and it's not even people don't laugh. At that point, people not laughing becomes the desire, thing you would want for. It's worse than that. You can really feel the room 
closing off to you and you just want to get off that stage but you can't you're doing your sets and it's just so bad so I did a show locally before um the lockdown because I think bombing on zoom is a little bit less awful in some ways um it's different Um, but this was real live it was in a bar and I don't know why I I guess I was in the mood of just getting in there you know like starting off with my most controversial jokes you know letting the audience know what they're in for Uh, and so uh, in the space of I don't know my 30 seconds of opening I um I had insulted all Catholics all Republicans, and I'd also <laughs> said that the San Francisco 49ers were complete racist assholes. Uh, and that was my opener. <laughs> You're all welcome to the Bay Area. I know, right? And then I had another 14 and a half minutes of just people hating me and me. I wouldn't say I was hating myself, but it was definitely a sense of that probably wasn't smart. <laughs> It's heavy. Like you're stuck there. Like, oh my God, it's so bad. And it it was very much of my own doing. I mean, you always get shows where the audience is just not on board and you have to find a way of bringing them on board. And that becomes easier with more experience, right? You can read the room better. Um, but that was just a really, really poor decision on my part. And And sometimes when you take the wrong exit, it takes you 40 miles to get to the next on-ramp. Yes. (laughs) They're all very funny jokes, by the way. They're just not good openers in the Bay Area. Here's a thing. Don't insult the San Francisco 49ers. Fair. And you can find Lalita D at LalitaD.com, D-E-E. And you can find her on all the socials at Lalita D Comedy. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dina. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of the I Love Funny Women podcast, which is an Artemis Blow Studio production in association with AMG. This episode was written by me, Dina Nina Martinez. Our sextrologist, Renee Hyden, is on Instagram at sextrologist. Our announcer is Krista Garner, and you can find her on Instagram at Krista Garner. And featured on this episode as Marjorie Taylor Green was Vanessa Tortolano. She's on Instagram and Facebook at Vanessa Pants. And Tina Wilmington and RBG were played by Erin Locke. And you can find her also on Facebook and Instagram at Erin Locke. All of their information will be in the show notes just below, and we will catch you next week. Thanks again. See you guys next week.